I believe everyone has a story to share. I'm on a journey to discover the magic inside each person's story. Each week, I will introduce you to guests where I will dig deep and uncover the beautiful miracles from life and experiences to inspire and encourage you to live life to the fullest. My goal is to give each guest a platform to share their lives with the world in hopes that someone will be inspired to take action and live life with passion and purpose. Welcome to the Uncover Your Magic podcast with me, Ashley Goner. Are you ready? Here we go. Welcome back to Uncover Your Magic. Today's episode was one that when I left, I felt I had a new friend. We really connected. And I know that the ones that I really connect with, most of them I do, but you know, when you feel like you've known them forever, this is how I felt about this woman. Her name is Alyssa Rushton. She lives on the big island of Hawaii and her story and what she's gone through and why, you know, you look at your life from a higher perspective. I always talk about that and remember that all the little breadcrumbs that you took led you to where you were at right at this moment. And it's all perfect. And we all, even at times that when you'll hear Alyssa's story where she was so sick, she died on the toilet. <laughs> she had a near-death experience. So she obviously came back. But um, she weighed 240 pounds, lost 100 pounds. Like, amazing. Her health, she's just transformed her life. And she had to go through all of that to get to where she is today, helping people overcome not similar things, but, you know, similar things. Not exactly her story, but she went on her journey to learn all these tools that are helping so many people now. And it's amazing. And she is a white light. I mean, I just really loved it when, you know, when you get off of a call with someone and your energy shifts, I always talk about, you know, being with people that raise your vibration. She does that for me, for sure. She will for you too. I know you will love it. And before I bring her on, remember that all my classes are now going on. There's not an eight-week program. They're eight-week programs, but they go uh, simultaneously. You can join today. You can join tomorrow. You can join in a month, but there's no wait list anymore. I have everything automated. They're still one-on-one calls with me, so it's um, definitely um, personal and you know, amazing, but I want, I wanted it to get to more people. So I have transformed that and I'm excited about it. New year, new growth. I'm on a mission and I have a big visions for this year. So join my website, go to my website, join my free groups. I have some signups on there. You can check out and also my Instagram, my DM me if you need to connect, want me to meet with you before the program, or you need me to meet your children, I would love to. So get connected with me, ashleygonner at gmail.com or my website, ashleygonner.com. And without further ado, please welcome Alyssa Rushton to the show. Welcome, Alyssa. 
Ashley, thanks so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here today. Oh, I am so excited. I know I told you before I hit record that I've really enjoyed learning about you and learning about your story. And we all have our stories and we all have a reason why we're here and what our purpose is. And when I see your story and where the breadcrumbs have brought you to here, I'm like, gosh, no wonder you had to be 240 pounds and be, you know, all these drugs and, you know, having this really major life transition and near-death experience, all these things to get to be able to be who you are today. This, you know, amazing. I mean, I love Magic and Miracles, your podcast. I mean, just the names of things that you, the words you use are right down my alley. But I want to spend time because your story is so profound. And then we'll work into a lot of the questions that I know everyone listening will love to hear your your take on all of that. But when I talk about uncovering your magic, I'm looking at your story. And I think my guess is that you uncovered it when you were 12, when you were in Thailand. That is when I feel like the moment that you had this, wow, what is my, what is this life for? What am I, what, what is this soul and this body here to do? Cause I don't feel like, I don't feel like what I've got to 12 years old is the truth. Am I right? Can we go there? You nailed it. You completely, you're so intuitive. You're so spot on. Yeah, I was, I was in Thailand and I was on a religious trip and I remember you know, I was brought up in the Christian religion and I was told if you don't believe this certain way, you are definitely not getting into heaven, you know, and you've got to have the Bible and you've got to believe all of these things. And so I was in Thailand and these people were just amazing, soulful people, beautiful. You could just feel the energy of love radiating from them in every part of them. And so I remember going up to the pastor who was with us and I said, Pastor Baker, you're telling me that these people are not getting into heaven because they don't believe in Jesus. And he said, that's right. And it was at that moment, Ashley, you're so right, that I thought, I don't believe in anything that I've learned so far is true. I I was having massive, what they call cognitive dissonance. Mm -hmm. And I could see there was such a different frequency of life that we could tap into if we wanted to. And then the next years of my life were a journey of going the opposite direction of being so, you know, spiritually steeped because I, I found that I started running from spirituality and religion instead of running towards my source. I ran away from it because I, I was having such a break with what I had been taught for so many years. Right. Okay. That's where I get missed. That's a mix up for me because in, you uh, dropped out of school. You ran away when you were 14. Yes. And now you're going on to this different, you're like you're doing drugs and smoking and you get a job. And so I guess that was my disconnect was to see where you came. Like you had to go through all of these little steps. You got married because I know that he found you on the toilet. So, yes, my husband. So yeah. will you go through that? Because <laughs> when you realize that you woke up that day when you were 12, like, this is not right. This does not feel right. And then is it because you felt like you were fooled the whole time? Like, now I'm so like, forget it. I'm just going to go down this dark road. <laughs> and what was that? 
Yeah, it's it's interesting. It actually had it had a lot to do with my home life and my family life. And I, as a being, you know, when I came into the world at a very early age, at seven, I heard I'm going to be some sort of a teacher and a teach. And I heard religion, but at the time that was my only frame of reference because I was seven. So I always had had thought that that was my path and my trajectory. Hey, wait, and when you when you were seven, you heard it. Go yeah. there. What do you mean by that? My mom raised me with the Silva method. So she taught me from when I was five, I can remember her teaching me how to go into alpha state and get the messages and work with my guides and all of that. And so when I was seven, I had just been to this church camp and I came home and I heard, I literally, my Claire audience was really strong back then. And I heard, you're going to be a religious teacher. And I think they told me religious teacher because... That's all I could have the right. context for, right? Please, by the way, forgive the sounds of Hawaii. We have some, we have Hawaii sounds happening in the background, if you oh, can hear I them. I love Hawaii sounds. I can have right. them all day long. <laughs> so yeah, so I heard that when I was seven and then fast forward, you know, getting raised in the church and I sang for our church group and I can remember being on stage with the Bill Gaither trio in front of 10,000 people in the Portland Memorial Coliseum, back when it was called that, you know, getting to sing and and doing this life very steeped in the church. And then when I came back from Thailand, you know, life was changing pretty rapidly for me. My parents had gotten a divorce. We moved our living situation. So it wasn't just a family unit anymore. It was my mother and my her extended family. And that living situation was not ideal for me. And I can remember at 12, you know, I was kind of a make my own way in the world. And I, and I wanted to have things in my life. I wanted to have clothes and the things that I wanted. And we were not a well-to-do family. And, you know, my mom's just gotten divorced. So I decided to go pick berries in the berry fields with the migrant workers. And um, my uncle at the time bet that I wouldn't last three days. And I worked, I think I worked in that summer job for a couple of years until we moved again. And that that next move was what really took the hit on me because, you know, now you're a teenager. And when I moved, I fell in instantly with a bad crowd of kids. I had always planned on going to Harvard College. I was kind of setting my sights on that. One of my mom's coworkers early in life before I was ever born. She had just, I had just been conceived and he told her that he was going to, she was going to have a daughter and he predicted my name and my, how I would look. And he was very accurate. And he said what I was going to do in the world was going to have a lot to do with setting the legal system straight. So I had always been told like, you're going to be, you're going to be focused on the legal system. So I thought, well, if you're going to be a good lawyer, you got to go to Harvard, right? Right. (laughs) So then fast forward, I'm 14 my mom um, needed to buy a house. She was in in the place where she really did need to get a home for her and me and my stepdad to be. And so what was used for that was my college fund. And, you know, at 14, you don't understand that there's other ways to get to college. There's other ways to get to Harvard. But at 14, I heard that my college fund had been used mm. and I was devastated. And I thought, well, this is the end of everything. I'm certainly, you know, I'm not having fun in school anymore. One of the pieces of that was I'm an autodidact. So I love to teach myself and learning at the pace that school was going was not working for me. So it ended up that I was not doing well in one of my classes and I went to the principal and I asked, 
would you please move me out of this class? I'm not doing well. And I feel like I could do much better in a different class with a different teacher. And the principal said, no, I'm not going to move you. And so I said, well, I'm not coming back to school. And the principal said, well, you have to. And I said, watch me. (laughs) (laughs) So I did. So I, I, I went out on my own. I left my home. I decided to make my own way in the world. With your mom knowing. She didn't know at first. Yeah, she didn't know at first. I went on the lamb, I guess, if you will. <laughs> there was okay. a lot of nights where she did not, you know, she didn't know where I was, but I set up camp for myself. I set up my own you know, place to live and um, with some friends and I just started making a go of it and I got myself a job and that was the start of me really doing things really differently in the world. And I think kind of similar to Wayne Dyer, learning that self-sufficiency, really learning that self-reliance on the self. And so I then kept working and working and I ultimately got a job in a, a sales organization for a large technology company, cell phone technology company. And I worked my way up in the company and I ended up being there for many, many years. And I was a corporate employee and I was a trainer. I got to train all these beautiful business people. But in that time, you know, I suffered a lot of traumatic stuff. I mean, I think probably everyone can think that leaving your house at 14 and going at it on your own and covering your own bills and paying your own way in the world is pretty traumatic. And then when I was working for this corporation, I was 21 and I was really making my way up the organization pretty fast for someone with no high school diploma, Mm -hmm. right? And somebody who by all means shouldn't really be in that position. And so I'm not exactly sure all the reasons why this happened, but my manager ended up one night at this technology company, the cell phone technology company, kidnapping me and threatening me, threatening my life and threatening my family and threatening that if I kept on the way I was, that there was going to be big problems for me, including death. So kidnapping you, because I heard that story, but I, why would he kidnap you for money? Like what would be the... No, it wasn't for ransom. It was more like a, I think there was an element of, obviously he's got a few screws loose, right? right? That's number one. And then number two, feeling very threatened by somebody possibly taking over his job, which it did end up happening. Like we talk about your world is a reflection of what's going on. And in fact, he was worried that I was going to get his job. And in fact, when he got fired, I got his job. Um, I ended up being the manager of one of the cell phone stores, right? So it was interesting. It was a self-fulfilling prophecy for him. So, you know, we can't always know all the reasons why people do crazy stuff. But I also think he was one of my greatest teachers in forgiveness, mm-hmm. you know, because that trauma, yes. which was a big trauma for me, you know, the police were called and there was a, there was jail time for him and there was a lot of therapy for me and um, a lot of anxiety and panic attacks started then, you know, he's my biggest teacher in forgiveness because it wasn't until years later. So that happened in 1996, I believe. There How old are you? I will be 49 this year. Okay. 
Yeah. I'm 54. So I'm trying to figure out my, the timing when, where okay. I was in 1996. Right. Um, but I have a 14 year old. So I, I'm, I'm not stopping you to keep going, but it, it kind of is like, I'm listening to the story. Like it's Presley, like could Presley go and start her life? I mean, that just, it shows so much to me about like your, like who you are, you know, like so determined. And yes, as when you re- re- reference Wayne Dyer, and how he, I, he, you have the similar mentors as I do, Wayne Dyer, Neville Goddard, <laughs> Matt Kahn, Louise Hay. I mean, everyone you always mention. So I'm going back to you when you talk about that, because he's kind of like my father figure, Wayne was, Wayne, and he still is, because I still, you know, am into that, everything that he's ever taught me. But as a, as a parent, you know, when you realize the self-sufficiency and how important that is in the independence, you know, and that is what, I mean, gosh, I, I, I just admire that because I can't imagine both my girls, 14 and 16, <laughs> they'd be crawling back. And then it's as a mom, you're like, gosh, have I, so I question it. Like, have I, you know, given them enough independence? Would they know how to make it on their own? Would they know how to do, get a job and go, what, live in a tent? I mean, I don't even know. How do you do that? That's just amazing to me. Yeah. Well, technically I didn't live in a tent. I lived with some friends, but, um, yeah. And to credit my mother, she raised me to be very independent. You know, she, she raised me that way. So that was a big thing. But then looking back, I think too, kind of like what you say, I can't possibly imagine, you know, doing that at 14 and surviving it all and being okay and having enough money. And it was really a testament to some of the things I teach now, which I realized then, you know, now that I was learning, which was how to manifest, how to bring in what you need exactly when you need it, how to really have a lot of faith and trust in the universe, how to have a trauma and heal it and do the core level healing that we as human beings need to do in order to really become a different frequency and to pull out of some of these old ways of being. And so I feel like I gave myself the master class in mm-hmm. all of that really and truly. Oh, totally. <laughs> I, you know, so, so you're going down this journey. You've, you're the, you just got the job. You took your, um, the guy that was kidnapping you, you took that position, but you're still not in the, you're not in the mindset of, you know, I'm going to start learning you know, you're, you're doing it all, but you're not knowing why you're, what the purpose of you fulfilling what you're doing now and what that's serving you. Right. Exactly. I had no idea, but I had every idea, but I had no idea. I was taking classes in Reiki and spirituality. I picked up the Celestine Prophecy by Uh James Redfield. Remember? Yes. That was my first book. I loved that. Such an opening book. Yes. And if you guys haven't read it, definitely pick that up. It's such an opening book. And I, and so I was going down the path of spirituality and then the kidnapping happened. And that sort of sent me off on the rails of not really believing in a lot at that moment. And I was so in the panic of it and I was so in the, trauma of it that I, you know, I was a smoker at the time. I was a drinker at the time. And I just went more into the pathway of, I don't want to think about what's happened. I want to 
have more cigarettes. I want to work my way up the corporate ladder. I'll just push everything I have down, 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 throw some dirt on top of it, pretend like it's not there and keep going with my life, right? right. Have over caffeinate it, over smoke it, over drink it and overwork it. Right. And eat and mm-hmm. get yourself to this. Now you have things that are going on in your body. So you have a bunch of different, you have all these drugs, you're not healthy. You get to a bad place. Go yeah. there. And it happened. It happened really fast. I was, I remember I was working at corporate and I was a trainer. I was a corporate sales trainer and I loved that job. And then I got promoted out of that job. I'm in Kansas now and away from basically everybody, right? Cause I grew up in the West coast. So no family out there except for my boyfriend who I ended up marrying. And it was interesting time because after I got promoted, I call it getting promoted into the cubicle of death. You know, those gray cubicles right. of death in corporate yes. America. <laughs> <laughs> and all of the fun and joy of the classroom had been sucked out of me because I'm a natural teacher. And so now I'm in the cubicle of death. I am dealing with corporate battles and putting together huge sales summits and wrestling egos, all of the things that come from cor- working at corporate, the high stress and the huge hours. And I ended up getting mono at this sales summit. And everything from there, I look back on and now I can understand what happened to me. And if your readers haven't ever uh, read the book Medical Medium or tuned into that, it's an incredible resource Mm -hmm. for anybody with autoimmune disease or anybody with mystery illness. And so long story short is I got mono. I got very, very sick. I ended up going the doctor route and ended up with a laundry list of diagnoses. I had been diagnosed from anything from MS, multiple sclerosis, to rheumatoid arthritis, to chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia. I had a list of over, I think it was at the end of over 30 things. And towards the middle of it, I got in with a doctor who said, you know, you've also got Lyme disease and we can fix that. And all it's going to take is all of your money and IV pick line. And we're going to sit you in this chair and pump you full of drugs until you're better. Wow. And so that was in 2004. I remember having to leave corporate America because I was a, I was now too sick to work. I used a walker to get around. That's when I was tipping the scale a little bit back then about 190. And once I got my pick line installed and started doing this hefty protocol, which is basically like chemotherapy only with antibiotics, it started to kill me straight away. It was just the hardest thing, one of the hardest things I've ever done. And I lost my consciousness straight away because they were just pumping me full of so many drugs. And it wasn't until about a year and some later that my ex-husband now will tell you that I was always kind of on the edge every night because I was so filled with drugs and I would go Mm -hmm. and infuse in this hospital room for seven hours a day, basically. And I was a total zombie. I completely, you know, I needed diapers. I just was a mess of a human being. Wow. And I, I recognized that there was a part of me that was so 
so much of a wreck. I had never dealt with my emotions. I had never dealt with any of that stuff on the underneath that was causing so much pain. Right. And I needed the big reboot, which is what, what happened ultimately to me is that, you know, one night it was just too much medication for my body. And my body said, no more, we're done. And I was on end-of-life pain management, the kind of pain management that they use with cancer patients or people who are not going to make it because you don't stand a chance of ever getting off the pain medication. It's right. far too addictive. Wow. And it can kill you. Right. <laughs> so. I remember we had big warning labels all over my house. Like if someone were to come in a caregiver, don't touch the medication because the, medita- the medication oh can kill gosh. you, right? So it's such a depressant to your CNS, your central nervous system. So yeah, so one night I did, I died on the potty, which is the great place to do it. If you're going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great advice. <laughs> that's funny. So yeah, so and that's when my journey really started because I call it my full reboot. I got a full reboot while I was on the other side and thank goodness because I really needed one. Right. And explain that because so you talk about your experience, the God consciousness that you experience. And I've I've interviewed um, over a handful of people that have had near-death experiences. There's definitely similar similar things that they all say. But the way what you said was after you read a book on this frequency, the I don't know what, remember what her name was. Ah, oh, yes. Savannah Arienta. Savannah. Yes. Savannah Arienta. It's called Frequencies. Mm-hmm. Frequency. So what was cool that was different about yours was there was a different place you went that she described in her book that you've related to because you had been there. Were you explain what it looked like to you and how you experienced that feeling of your reboot? Yeah. Well, first I didn't, I didn't go to this place, which I learned later was the etheric layer of the Hmm. world. So it's not an optimal place to go. It's where people go when you've died of traumatic death, suicide, overdose, that sort of thing. So first I went up into God consciousness and I got to experience that was really where all of the codes and the frequencies and the activations came through. That's where I understood quantum physics. That's where I understood sound technology. That's where I got understandings of all that. That's where I got the understanding of how we are so connected and how it works in God consciousness and really the invitation is to be God in every moment to remember that. But after that, I went to a place that is a healing, basically it's a healing center of earth where beings go. It's the etheric layer. It's some people might consider that souls get trapped here or stuck here. However, my experience was we're not trapped or stuck. We're in a healing phase and we'll make it out of that phase uh, eventually when we're ready. But what happened to me is I went to this place. It looked very much like earth, only everything had an olive color over top of it. Mm -hmm. And I could see all my old friends, all my old family. I just couldn't interact with them at all. Mm. But I was very much attracted to going 
towards the people that smoked and drank and I would hang around them and it would feel very good to me. It felt very healing for a healing place for me as a soul. And I realized, you know, I don't necessarily have a body here, but that was okay. I was at peace. I didn't have any sort of you know, aches or pains, I felt really good and I felt uplifting. And then I, there was a group of consciousness that came to me and said, you know, Hey, you can stay here as long as you like, but you won't be able to come back into the Alyssa body. And if you want to come back into the Alyssa body, it'll be very hard work, but very worthwhile work, but you have to come back now. And as soon as I said, okay, I'm going to like, as soon as I even thought you're going to come back now, I got mm-hmm. slammed back into my body. It was like someone dropping you off a, a thousand foot high drop into concrete. It was such a wow. vibrational, you know, thud. Wow. <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah. And that's when I woke up and all the EMTs are around me and I'm getting into the, you know, they're helping me into the ambulance and on a gurney, obviously. And, and know that you're alive now. I mean... Yeah, I knew instantly I was alive. It was very painful to be alive again. I was, it was shocking how painful that disconnect is from that high flying vibration of being out of your body, which by the way, was the most physical thing I've ever done without a body. Mm-hmm. You could expand and stretch in all ways. It was so filled with joy and bliss and connection and love. So, and consciousness connection to all things and knowledge. It was like being born into this huge other world of consciousness and galactic. Right. When you talk about that and you're explaining it to me, you're seeing it as you saw it before. Like it's so real to you, right? Like a dream. Like you're seeing it like a real dream and you know that feeling. I mean, it stayed with you. Like you know Mm -hmm. that feeling. Because when I was listening to you talk about it one time, I was thinking when I, I think last night or the night before I woke up and had this super vivid dream. And then I was listening to you and I was thinking the way she describes it, like almost like you, you had this dream. So I, how do you look at dreams now? Like, I, and so I was trying to think like, I experience like we don't, you don't talk, but you, you know, this, the telepathy. And I mean, I feel like I'm, you know, astral travel, because I know you talk about parallel, you talk about different timelines and I lo- I would love to know your definition of time and how that works. But knowing what you know now with that reboot, yeah. when you come back, how do you see those things in a, in that way with your new mind? Um, well, to me, it didn't at all feel like a dream. It felt like a very real experience. So it's kind of the difference between saying, well, yes, you had this dream last night, or do you remember that time when you went to Disneyland and you're actually there? Because it was so physical, I can't describe enough how physical it was to be in a light body, right? Your light body is still very physical. It just is not with a flesh suit, right? (laughs) Right? So it's different, but indescribable, but so physical. So yeah, it doesn't feel like a dream. It feels like a very physical, it's like remembering last Friday. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Yeah. So when you go on now and you have this, you know, now you're going to start to heal and, you know, where's that pivot when you get all, I mean, sort of healed from this near death moment. 
Now you're going to be, is this your pivot in your life where you start to go down now that you've seen um, really the other side or God consciousness? It was my pivot. I knew instantly when I came back that, pardon me for saying, but Western medicine was killing me and I had to do something different. It wasn't working at all. And so one thing that I came back with right away was the understanding that I had to research sound frequency. So I started using sound frequency right away to help me shift out of where I was. I started right away, you know, cutting back on the medications and in training myself off. It took me a good five years so my near-death experience happened in 2005, and it took me till 2010 to get off all the drugs because I was on such wow. huge levels of gnarly stuff. And the sound frequency, because I need to talk about that a lot, was yeah. it because in that experience, you just felt that you heard these sounds that you just knew were like a healing? Because I know the megahertz and, you know, I do meditation through certain numbers. Yes. What, what do you say when you say sound healing? Well, so up there, what they showed me as I went through the layers was how sound creates reality, how sound creates geometry, and then geometry then creates our physical reality. So I got to understand that at like the math level even, which Mm. was weird and mind-blowing because I've never been good at math. In fact, (laughs) I can barely use a calculator. (laughs) Oh, funny, me either. Right. So, um, so I understood that. So then when you, when you come back and you get that much knowledge that your brain doesn't have pathways for, you need to research it and ground it in. So then I started researching, well, how can I bring in sound frequencies? What sound frequencies do I need to have? And one of the things that happened over there is all my connections got recharged. So my intuition, my clear audience, my clairvoyance, my clairsentience, all that got turned on in a way that it hadn't been turned on since I was five. Hmm. So it just really got supercharged. And I believe everyone has these skills. We just turn them off at, at various stages of youth, right? So yeah, so I started researching and to your point, I, you know, started researching the, the main healing frequencies like 528 and some of the solfagio tones. I got introduced to the sound healing bowls and I started geeking out on those and it was working, you know, and I couldn't argue with success. It was helping me shift my body. And I literally would lay there when I was too sick to do anything and I could barely walk without a walker. I, in fact, I couldn't walk without a walker much. So I would just lay there and listen to these frequencies and visualize myself walking and running and having this really fit, healthy body. And that's how it started. And pretty soon I started being able to have enough energy to take a walk. And pretty soon I could walk a mile. And, you know, within, I'd say about a year and a half, I had lost, well, I think maybe it was 13 months, I guess I had lost all of the weight and I've been able to basically keep it off the whole time. I I sometimes will fluctuate, but you know, it's been about 120 pounds of loss. So yeah. Amazing. Gosh. I lost half myself. (laughs) I know. When you talk about the, the healing and the sound healing and the, all those, the megahertz and the, because I've done the sound baths and I've done the bowls and, you know, and I understand that I just did an EMF scalar light have you heard of that? Yeah. I just did that on Saturday and it was like, whoa, you know, and I see the world like catching on to all that, you know, it's just 
this whole shift in our life, I think is just now it's going to take it to the next level and it's going to be more um, known, I guess. But um, when you talk about parallel time and time and how you explain time, and I feel like you've, do you talk about it like a book? I do. Yes. So I wish I had a book near me, but there's this um, bean by bean cookbook that I will reference. We often think that time is linear. So if you pick up a book, page one, how you read the book, page two, page three, page four, page five is how most people will read a book. Sometimes if you're weird, you'll go to the back and flip to the back first, but then you'll come back around and read it in a linear fashion. And what people, how people experience time here is they think that it's in a linear fashion, that it's today, tomorrow, and so on. And then there's the past, just like there's, you know, chapter one, two, three in the book. So what's important to remember is that the book is already written. All of the pages of the book are already written and you can jump at any time you want to, to a different page or a different chapter in the book. And we have all of these infinite potentialities that we can tune into. But most people today, not you and probably not your listeners, right? But most people on the planet are taking reality as it's given to them. And they're saying, okay, well, this is my reality as it's given to me. And they don't think they can make a lot of changes and they just have to slog it out in time and space. When actually you are a divine creator, you are a divine aspect of source energy, and you have a lot of play with your reality. And ultimately, it's about you saying, do I like this experience? And if not, can you shift it? And can you jump some timelines even to shorten your curve in shifting this reality and and really having the belief that that's okay to do and that it's joyful and fun to do and that you when you get to practice being a divine creator at that level you can not have to slog it out in time and space so let me give you a really practical example of this is that okay oh please so let's say somebody says they want to manifest a dream house and in time and space and 3D reality, going through the book, page one, page two, page three, page four, they think, well, I need to get approved for a loan. I need to find out where I'm going to live. I need to find this house. I need to, you know, and they get all this list of checkboxes of things that they do, as opposed to what happened to um, a number of clients of mine. But this one story I just love, um, she, she wanted a dream house and she had it visualized in her mind and she was going up every day into the the timeline and seeing herself in this beautiful, amazing, gorgeous house with her kitchen and all the things that she just was wanting. And she decided to go on a trip. And on that trip, they decided to just go into this one little neighborhood and get out of their car. And they got out of their car and they went for a walk. And here comes this guy with five dogs. And um, they get to talking and she says, well, we're looking for a house in this neighborhood and it would be so wonderful to be in this neighborhood because it backs up to a greenery and she'd always wanted green space and they lived in LA before. And, And he said, I've been wanting to put my house on the market, but I have five dogs and I can't show my house, but would you want to come see it now? And she said, oh my gosh, yes, could we please? And so she 
completely circumnavigated all of that stuff. They ended up buying the house from the guy. They ended up, it was all so easy and breezy and they both are solopreneurs. So they were kind of concerned about getting the loan, but it just worked out so beautifully and they ended up getting their dream house. So does that make sense how we can in 3D time and space think it's going to take all this time and planning and when really if you pop up into putting yourself on the timeline that you want and visioning yourself there, then the exact right circumstances can come in. Like this guy deciding to take that walk with his five dogs at that exact time and them pulling into that beautiful neighborhood at the exact right moment to meet up with this person. And that's how you can work the timelines. Yes. And I have done that and I've bought houses like that. I have stories like that. And you know, when you say... You know, when you have your experiences, I don't know what you said earlier today, but it it hit me where I thought, you know, when you have those, when you experience those things in life, you are able to teach that. And that's what you've done because you've had to go, I've had to go through my things too. And why I want people to know how to do it is because it works and I have proof and I can tell you a few stories or more than a few, and I want to show you how to do it. What I love about you is you don't talk about manifesting, you talk about creating. And what a, you know, Neville Goddard, you used this, I was listening to you. And I did that today when I was on my walk in the rain in the dark <laughs> in my head when I was listening. But will you, do you remember that where you're on the beach and you get your, your favorite, you know, drink? And you're drinking it and you taste it because yours is your favorite drink is a green juice. And so I was drinking that, my celery juice. But will you explain? Because when you're teaching, I agree with you because people are always using that word so much instead of knowing that we are the creators and we're creating. And I think the way this whole beach scene, it'll probably change. I mean, people are going to hear this and go and use that. That's such a great tool. And I didn't know Neville Goddard did that like for his VIPs. I just love, I mean, I've read all of his books. Oh my gosh, Alyssa. I was so drawn to him, gosh, 25 years ago. I mean, think of those 1920s where what he was doing. And now it took us that long to like, for people to like, start. you know, it's just so... I know there's no time and that's all happening right now, right? Tell everybody about this amazing technique or whatever. Well, I want to start it with something that you said, which is I think really important that manifesting versus creating. I mean, we're manifesting and we're creating all the time. But to me, manifesting, there's a level of manifesting that often happens from the ego layer that isn't necessarily in resonance with what the divine wants for you. So if you are wanting to create, consciously create, co-create with the divine, your most amazing house. If you're wanting to consciously co-create with the divine, your most amazing business of service, you'll get a lot of support for that versus manifesting I find there's so much out there around manifesting, but it often comes from a denser energetic, if that makes sense. Totally. It's a little harder to deal with. And there's a lot of, um, you know, you hear about the law of attraction and all of that stuff. And typically what happens for most people is, you know, they're trying to manifest and they're using the law of attraction, but really what they're attracting is their beliefs. 
Mm-hmm. And so when you are manifesting at that level, you oftentimes are doing what I call contrast manifesting. So you're getting, you're getting a lot of what it is that you don't want in your life versus when you hop up a couple levels of vibration, right? And you just pull up into the consciousness of what does the divine plan for me hold and get a vision of that. Then you can use this technique, which is a creation technique where you are involving all of your senses. And I'll talk through this in a second, but it's important to remember that ultimately our lives are a sum total of our beliefs and our vibration and our actions. So If you have a really high flying vibration and you're amazing and you're filled with love and light everywhere you go, but you have a belief that you're always broke, guess what? (laughs) Yeah, maybe your experiences won't be as gnarly as some others with not such a high vibration, but you're going to have the experience of always being broke because that's the belief. So this technique I teach is actually a belief buster. So it busts through any beliefs that you may have, and it changes your identity. It's how people go from really sick to really healthy. It's how people go from really broke to really wealthy. It's how people go from really unfit to really healthy and fit, right? So what we have to do is work with your identity on the inside. And how you do that is you bring in all of the senses. So I do this beach scene where I have you relaxing on your favorite beach. And if the beach is not your thing, you could also do it in the forest or someplace else that you find really relaxing. And it's great to think about your favorite beverage. Mine does happen to be a green juice or celery juice. And imagining yourself sipping the celery juice or sipping your beverage and smelling your surroundings, feeling your surroundings, feeling so grounded and safe and supported. And then I like to bring in a couple of your friends and this helps your identity form. So you bring in two friends or maybe two family members who would really be excited for you and thrilled for you to hear your news. And you're going to give them the news and you're going to tell them how amazing it is now that you are so fit and healthy or now that money's not an issue for you anymore. And now that you have all this cash on hand and your business is doing so well and wow, you pull out $20,000 out of your pocket and you're like, oh my gosh, can you believe this? I have so much money here, friend. This is for you because you're awesome and you're amazing. And oh my gosh, you look in the other pocket and you say, here's another $20,000. It's just flowing to me so fast. I, you know, I have so much surplus here, friend. This is for you. And you just soak in those good feelings of what it feels like to have so much surplus of money, or maybe you soak in the good feelings of telling people what it's like now that you're, you know, you don't have to worry about your health anymore and that you just feel so good every morning when you wake up and you stretch out your arm and you notice how, you know, muscly it is or how toned it is or how just vibrationally lit up it is. And so you walk yourself through that exercise. And if you do that enough nights, you will absolutely rewire your identity. And then what happens is your your whole life rearranges itself. Your outside picture, dissolve, you dissolve this timeline that you're on and you pop up into your preferred timeline. So it can happen really quickly. Um, and I should speak to the 
dissolving process because oftentimes that's when people get the most nervous is when they say, okay, well, wait a second, this part of my life just kind of dissolved right in front of me. I don't understand. And I'll ask them, well, have you been doing this technique? Well, yes, I have. Okay, well, don't worry. What you've been creating is is right here. So keep doing it. You have to sometimes let go of the old house before you can move into the new house, right? right? Or sometimes you have to let go of parts of the self before new parts of the self come in. So there's, it's a bit of a process. Most people aren't to the consciousness level where they can instant manifest or instant create themselves in a different timeline because it's too jarring to the identity. Some people are, but some people need that, that space and time through 3D reality for it to make sense to the mind so they don't have a mental break. <laughs> right. Yes. Oh, I love that. Thank you for sharing that. So speaking of 3D reality, and you talk about the 4D and the 5D and how people think it's a place. And I, you know, I've, I've come full circle. I, I get it. Like all the things that you're describing, like I'm living in 5D. I'm not judging. I'm, you know, love. And, you know, and I, I think when people understand like the way you're going to describe this, I'm going to ask you to describe is we're moving into this. I mean, the earth is, is shifting. And I was listening to you because you do these frequency energy updates and you were in 2020 talking about, I mean, it's just, it was interesting listening to an old, you know, video of yours in 2020 and what you were explaining. And, and I was like, gosh, think of what we went through. Think of where, and I was in my place, like, who was I then? And who am I now? Like, what a, there's a huge contrast. And I look at, wow, that my growth sped up a million times, you know, and it's just like a, the shift that you talk about within 3D. And I've had people, you know, my podcast, we talk about that a lot, but will you explain your way of explaining? Cause you do talk about that quite a bit there. And there's videos on her website that are really informative that I learned. Yeah. So, you know, there's lots of different concepts about 3D, 5D, the different dimensions. In string theory, we can prove up to 11 different dimensions and it's mapped out. And so it is actually a theory that there's all these different dimensions, not to be confused with densities. And so this is oftentimes what people get confused about. There is the law of one Mm-hmm. Books talk a lot about densities. And so it's not, to, it can get confusing for people, densities versus dimensions. I think of dimensions as if you imagined a, and I don't know if your listeners will also see this, but for our purposes, I'm going to use this amazing Oracle card. If you imagined an ant walking across a sheet of paper or across an Oracle card and the ant was just walking along and it was on the table after it got off the Oracle card. If you picked up the Oracle card, the ant is basically seeing a 2D view. The ant would think, oh my gosh, that Oracle card just disappeared completely. What, what happened? Oh my goodness. And you just simply picked up the Oracle card and set it down on a different desk or a shelf. So at the 2D level, that's what happens. Now at the 3D level, same thing. At the 3D level, you are seeing the world in a, a very particular way. But when you pop up into fourth dimensional consciousness, which is holding time, then you can understand that time is that whole book construct that I talked about. And I talk a lot about this in my class, Quantum Time Jumping, where I go really deeply into talking about time and how you can work with it. But 
time is that fourth dimension, but it's a consciousness. So when you have a different consciousness, you're holding a different understanding of what we can do with time. And then up above that is that fifth dimensional layer. And that is even more consciousness. And what's interesting, as you go up in consciousnesses, you get different skills and talents as you go up. So most people in fifth dimensional consciousness, you're having a vastly different experience of the world. There's an idea out there that the third dimensional world splits off and there's the fifth dimensional world and there's a lot of different understandings out there about it. But the best way I can put it is when you are living in a fifth dimensional consciousness, you are having a very different experience right alongside people who are having a very different experience, but theirs is a little harder. I always use the analogy of two surfers and they're out in the water. One's a very good surfer with a high consciousness and one is just a beginning and a big wave comes. Those two surfers have a vastly different experience of that wave, right? Same wave, they're in the same spot, but a vastly different experience. So when your consciousness is higher, you are having a totally different experience. You're not judging. You are making different choices with your food. You're still having that 3D experience, but from the level of a consciousness. So it's not a place. And that's what people think like, oh, the world's going to split off and these ones over here are going to go here and these ones over here. So it's again, it's that in and of itself is a separation based consciousness, which is more third 3D consciousness or even a little fourth D consciousness. Right. But that 5D consciousness is no, we're all doing this and holding a different frequency of unity of understanding of your connection with source of understanding that there really is no good or bad understanding that we're all here learning and having experiences through a physical body. But what happens when you're in that higher consciousness is you just have these more amazing different experiences in the world. Right. And things come more easily. And, and yes, you still do go through hard stuff. There's still learnings, but you'll learn through it in a different way. Instead of going, oh my God, poor me, I'm a victim of this action or this experience, you'll say, wow, what yes. a great opportunity to learn here. Yeah, this is really tough. This feels hard, right. but I'm learning and this is yes, really nice. I, love that. I always say, you know, you know, as a parent with the girls, it's always working for you. And, you know, if you think it's bad, it's going to be, it's amazing. Like, let's look at why it's so amazing and what we've learned from it. And then next time it's going to be even, you know, but always looking at it that way. I love looking at how you explained it. And I live that way. When you, the flash in my head, because I I do do my visions and I do do my intentions and my meditations. And when you were saying like, like when you're, let's say I do a vision board, right? And I'm putting a million dollars on it and I'm putting, you know, you help people, manif- six and seven figure coaches. Mm-hmm. You help people learn how to, up their game, right? That's right. So the other day I was, we all, the girls and I did a vision board and I, I got to get, bring my game up, you know? And so I was cutting all these, you know, a check out for a million dollars. And I'm like, gosh, that still doesn't feel like it's enough. Like, so then I make a bank statement with all these amounts that are in different bank accounts. And I just kept doing, you know, we're just having fun and we do it every, you know, before the first of the year, just so we can have our little fun vision board parties. And the next day I wake up to, you know, like the first and I'm just doing my journal 
And I'm just like, I'm going to expand my business. I, you know, this is going to, I'm going to multiply. I'm going to see that money. And all of a sudden this something landed in my Instagram (laughs) and I clicked it and I kept following through and I'm doing that now. I signed up for that and I knew that was right. But then I looked back at my day before and thought, oh my gosh, that's how easy it is. That's what's going to create that. And it happened in when I went to bed and woke up and there it was, it was like, and then I, but I didn't realize when I was going down that rabbit hole of this is feeling right. This is what I want to do. This is when it's going to help expand my business. This is the missing link. Well, when I was doing all that work the night before, like, that's what I'm saying is like when people realize that it's right there, but when you get your frequency and your, in your vibration and all of those things, and you live from that 5d, of, you know, excitement and look for the synchronicities. And that's when life becomes this magic, you know, it's like every day there's so much magic and how many people miss those moments. Totally. And back to the book analogy, the book's already written. It's right there. Everything that you want is there for you. It's already in your book. And all you have to do is tune your frequency, jump to page 55, right? Or page 102. Right. And align with that and let those beautiful things come through and work a little bit on the beliefs, right? If you don't, if you have a belief that's counter to something, if it's not coming through, take a look at that too, right? Because it's not just about the vibration, just like there's so many different laws of the universe that I think part of what's happened in the spiritual community is we focused on just law of attraction or just this one piece where you can't make a chocolate chip cookie without lots of ingredients, right? right? You can't just use coconut flour, you need all of the elements or else you just have coconut flour. Right. <laughs> do you, do you work, but it just hit me like when you're talking about the book and the pages, if we're on page right now, I'm on page 54. I want to go back and heal page eight. So then the per- part of me at 54 is healed. I can go back to my page eight. Will you do that? Absolutely. In fact, just before this call, I got off with one of my private clients and we had just done work around going back. And one of the things she said, and I did not prompt her for this, but she said, wow, it feels as if I've just taken a time machine and gone back and given my 11-year-old self a whole different future. It feels like she's now got access to all of this wisdom and all of this information that she didn't have before. And so, yes, not only can you heal that part of yourself, but oftentimes when you wake up the next day, right, when you your system has a chance to reconfigure, because that's what sleep is, it's a reconfigure time. It's like powering down your computer. You will have a totally different experience in life. You'll get different people coming in, different experiences because you have healed up that past because we live in quantum time. It's not linear. It happens like the pancake stack. It happens like the book pages. They're all right there. And you can go forward, backward as you wish and heal or align with a future version of you that's on the page that you prefer having the experiences that you'd like. Do you believe like, uh, do you ever listen to Dolores Cannon? Absolutely. So when she talks about, you you know, there's part of Alyssa not living in Hawaii. She's still in Kansas at this job. She never had the fat, had never gained weight or had the drugs or what do you, what do you say about that? I have a really different version of that, but yes, 
I think that that is a lot how it happens. There's infinite potentials and we're living them out. And one could also say that you are having infinite potentials as every person on the planet as well. Uh-huh. You just oh, don't maybe realize it, right? Yeah, so that's I another that. way to think about it. A, a lot of people have a soul pod where they're, you know, we, we talk a lot about twin flames, but maybe they feel like they have at, at certain levels, you'll feel like you have five or 10 twin flames where it feels like that's me only in Kansas, or that's me only five years ago, or that's me just 10 days ago. I was just going through this. So you'll have those more expanded experiences where you're understanding it's all you and you're in a fractated or right. fractal consciousness. And at some point you pull up into that monad or God consciousness level and you are all of it and it's happening all at once. Right. But yes, to, to your point, it, it is also those infinite possibilities everywhere in between. Yeah. But looking at it that way, as other people are you experiencing that through their human body. Yeah. But we're all one. Yeah. You were in God consciousness and you're, did you feel that oneness with? Totally. Like, totally. And that's the one thing that when I came back, I was really I still am called to help people understand is you are God consciousness and so is everybody else. Even if you are diametrically opposed to how they're being, even if you feel they're just an awful person, or even if they're doing things that are completely so far away from God consciousness, you can't even imagine. But I think our job is to help people remember the truth of themselves. And the more we see our fellow human beings as not God consciousness, the more we lock them into the potential of remaining how they are. Whereas if we walk around in a practice everyone can get into, you know, you go to the grocery store and just a practice going, I see the God consciousness in you. I see the divine consciousness in you. You know, that namaste, right? The Mm -hmm. divine in me recognizes the divine in you. Practice that when you go to the grocery store. Practice that when you're, you know, in a hurry trying to get through the line. Go there and you'll have a different experience. The checkout lady will come and open up a register next to you all of a sudden, right? right? I love doing that. I do that. So I'm like, I'm like, I can give you so many examples. And we're at the store and I do, I mean, I do it in Pilates class. I do it on the freeway all the time. And it's so true. And, you know, when you look at, if people understood looking at things and I do this, so I I try to do this with my, with my girls for them to get that, especially growing up as a teenager right now, you know, to look at these other souls that are, you know, trying to, they're on their journey, you know, just as you're on yours, they're, they're experiencing, you know, you're experiencing that through, their little, you know, I love that. That's really helped me what you just said. But, you know, Mm -hmm. when you realize that we're all doing the same, we're all one, we're all just this little fraction, fractal of the big, the oneness of God source, then it just takes your life into this different dimension, you know, like just to live on this earth. I look at it like we all chose this time because I feel like this time is such a big moment, like we all are these powerful humans that souls that chose to come to be a human at this time, right? Don't you feel that way? Absolutely. And you know, we're in the pivot of it right now between 2023 and 2026 is the pivot years where you're really going to see things start to change and you're really going to see the ways that 
you know, you might consider more 3D or a lower vibrational, you're going to see that energy is not supported anymore. And the more you can attune your frequency to waking up and having joy, the more you can attune your frequency to those new earthy energies versus focusing on what's not new earth, the more you can focus on what am I creating today that's in alignment with the new earth. You will help the planet. And I've been shown that the only thing that's going to happen is everybody wakes up but it's a process. I see it takes also about four generations. Hmm. So it's not necessarily a fast process, but it will be one that lasts a while. And it's, it's one that I'm really excited that we're here for as way showers, as vibration holders, as people who are holding that space. And you're going to see a huge amount of people come online this year. I mean, if you could put a number to how many people you saw come online between 2020 and the end of 2022, what would you say? It would oh my be? gosh. So what a drastic shift, right? Huge numbers. And so you'll yes. see those numbers triple or maybe even quadruple in this next year or maybe year and a half cycle. It'll be profound. And on my 2023 predictions, I'm calling it the year that changes it all. So I think a lot of wake ups this year and a lot of people already awoken, a lot of people like yourself who are holding a beautiful frequency and holding beautiful positive intentions for humanity that helps, it helps people pull up into that next level of being and vibration and just doing things differently. Yeah, I love it. How many of you drink coffee in the morning? I know most of you do, or if you don't, it's because you have found an alternative to have instead of coffee because of the side effects coffee may have. I have been drinking Four Sigmatic for the past three years because I realized its ingredients were much healthier than just the regular organic coffee I was drinking. Four Sigmatic helps people achieve wellness with the world's most nutrient-dense ingredients. It enhances focus, boosts your mood, and even supports your immune system. It is mixed with functional mushrooms like lion's mane and chaga. These superfoods are some of the most studied wellness supporting supplements on the planet. Try it risk-free today, and if you don't love it, get your money back. Go to go.forsigmatic.com forward slash uncover magic and receive 30% off your order when you use the code uncover magic. So on your, your programs, I went through your website, you do so many unique things. So tell us what you do and what you offer. Yeah. So for everyday people, I offer a variety of classes and courses. One of my favorites is quantum time jumping. And that's a program where I teach more about how to utilize your consciousness and bust through your biggest blocks because everybody has them, myself included. Anytime you're trying to go to that next level, and by the way, it doesn't stop when you leave Earth. You keep going and you keep expanding. So quantum time jumping is a lot of the wisdom that I got from the other side about how you can bust through those biggest emotional blocks and get through them fairly quickly and have a vastly different experience here. Can you give me an example of that? Because I was reading that. Is it like, let's say you, you're in your business, you can only make 500,000 and you just want to get to that million. Mm-hmm. And there's, is there like, tell me what you would do? Like, what's the... 
Yeah. So in quantum time jumping, I take you through a very somatic body process where you find out where the block is living in your body. You find out exactly what the block is. And then we take you through the removal of the block process. So it's about an hour long process where you can't leave the class and not know what's the block. Where is it living in my body? Right. Because your body is the vehicle that your consciousness comes through. So all of our stuff lives in our subconscious mind, which is part, partly the body vehicle. So right. you got to find out where the block lives in the body. Then we get rid of the block through a variety of um, some light tools, some sound frequency, and some angel help from your angel light team. And we get that block out of there. And then on day two of the event, we then rewire you for a higher timeline. So yeah, it's a, it's a really lovely, it's kind of like a one, two process where we remove the block, then we rewire into the new timeline. And most people report that they have drastically different results after, you know, by day one, they're feeling different. And by two, they actually are different. And by week two, after the event, they're like, wow, I can't recognize my life now. Right. I read the testimonials. Yeah, I totally, I, that's why it was so fascinating. I was like, what? Quantum time jumping. And then I think of the way you describe the books, like, am I moving from, you know, you know, this page to that page? Am I, you know, the blocks that I have in my body that I need to remove? Yeah. Yeah. That's a virtual that you can just do that anytime, right? You just, yeah, I could get off and do it now. Yeah, you could get it off and do it now. And then I do that live retreat a lot during the year too, but that's a recording of a virtual retreat. So you can do it anytime you want to. Where did you learn that? It's a technique that I got on the other side, but then it's a variety of techniques. So it's a blend, if that makes sense, of multiple things that I got over there that I just kind of put all into one two-day event. Oh, I can't wait. I'm going to do that, by the way. I can't wait. And what else? Anything else before we end here? Yeah. And then for the, for the people who are healers, teachers and coaches, I do the Divine Light Healers Energy Academy where I certify you in the healing tools that I use that, you know, a lot of them are very practical, but a lot of them are wonderful so that you can help people find their blocks eliminate them quickly and pull in that divine light, pull in that frequency so that you're helping your clients get better results, faster results, and have a more amazing life. Because I feel like that's what we're ultimately here to do is is be, be different human beings vibrating at higher levels of love and joy and peace and abundance. <laughs> what all of that, where are you going to, like, what is your vision of who Alyssa is becoming or what do you see yourself? Or do you just live in the moment and just take on the moment and that's such an interesting question because I've always had a vision for myself but over the last years living in Hawaii has really taught me to be just in the moment and to drop any notion of what I think is going to happen and really connect daily in with and I always ask this daily show me the divine plan for me today show me how to be in divine service today And those are the two questions I wake up with every morning in my heart. And I tell you, it puts me in all the right places at all the right times. And it's not to say that I don't have a plan, but I like to live my life from that place, a little less planning and a little more guided life, divinely guided intuition. Yeah, that's, I've shifted that too into that place because, uh, you know, even doing a vision board, you know, I mean, it's fun and we do it because I want my girls to, but it is when doing that, 
makes you realize, gosh, I wake up in the morning, the same thing, like, oh, I get so excited for the day. And what is it going to bring? What am I going to, you know, do to advance my soul or help someone do the same? Yeah, it's just such a a different way of, it's a free, kind of a free feeling. And maybe that's living in 5D and that's how it feels like you're floating because, you know, it's like, just use me, you know, like do, I just want to do what is best for this moment. Exactly. Because when you're living in 5D, you can command in what you need at any time. You know, if you need food, you can command in the food. If you need cash, you can command in cash. If you need a car, you can command in the car. And ultimately we get to take none of that stuff with us. Right. So it's about really manifesting, I think, is mostly about seeing what beliefs you have standing in your way until you can get to the point of divine creator and using that wisely, right? Using right. that for the good of all. Right. Yeah. Oh, it's been so fun, Melissa. Ah, thank oh, you so my much. my new friend in Hawaii. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Come over anytime. Thank you. It's been so fun. And I, you have a book, right? Or you're writing a book or it's coming out? It's coming out. So in the publishing process right now, it's called Get Lit From Within. And it's the process of really turning on that divine light inside of you. And uh, not so much getting lit <laughs> from <Yeah>. other ways. <laughs> and then your podcast. Yeah, yeah, I've got the podcast Magic and Miracles where you can tune in. I put my recent energy updates out there and I'm actually getting ready to do a healing series next month. So I'm really excited about that. Oh, fun. Yeah, I've enjoyed listening. And it's um, even the one, the last one where you did the predictions of the 2023. Yeah. That, I learned a lot in that and about your eating and, you know, how the, you know, the food and the detergent and all the, you know, everything that we're that we use in this, you know, right now on this planet and what it's doing to our bodies, right? Yeah, because ultimately your body is the vehicle that your soul comes through. And so, you know, ultimately if you've got clogs in the body channel, you've got clogs in the divine channel. Right. And that, and I, this is my last one, I promise. When you talked about the eye of the needle, when there's a clog, what was that? I just, that just hit me. I didn't ask you that. Oh, the eye of the needle. Yeah, so... I'm trying to remember exactly. It's been a while. But um, basically, to pass through the eye of the needle, you need to be a pretty thin, you know, right. thin pass through. You can't have a lot of static in your channel. And so many people today have a lot of static in their channel. They're, you know, watching things via, be it on their computer or on their TV that clog their static. Yes. They are putting things in their body that cause static. And you feel it, you feel it, you can see it in people's auras, you can feel it in their energy, but you can feel it when you watch something or you consume something. And that's not to say I don't watch the news. I still actually like to tune in and see what's, you know, going on out there, but you have to have somewhat of a filter of what you're bringing into your frequency and how does this make you feel? And does it clog your channel? Alcohol, drugs, absolutely channel cloggers. I can see them straight away with clients, Mm. you know, and I actually don't work with people who do um, drugs and alcohol because it's, it's such a clogger of the channel. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, it's fascinating to see what clogs that. And as you clean yourself up, as you commit to um, habits that serve you and the planet. What's really cool is that the more and more people who commit to having these personal habits that serve themselves in terms of being healthy and vital and having a clear channel, that actually also helps our planet. So it's a double, it's a double down dose of yumminess. 
Right. It only takes one person to shift. Like if people realize that. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Ashley, thank you so much. You're so welcome. Thank you for listening to the Uncover Your Magic podcast today. If you are inspired by what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this show on your favorite podcast player. If you would like to connect with me with any questions, comments, or feedback, please contact me at the Uncover Your Magic website. Thank you so much for listening. And don't forget, always look for the magic.